Welcome back, everyone, to episode 10 of the Killington Download. I'm your host, Justin Cash. This week on the podcast, we have Killington's own grooming supervisor, Corey Tritt. Corey calls in live from his snowcat and lets us know what it's like to drive the $250,000 machine. Then we discuss laying down perfect corduroy and grooming the perfect park feature, and why he likes sunrises just a bit more than sunsets. Then we continue our mailbag session with Mike Salamano. We get the answers to the questions like when will the mountain be closing this season, which base lodge has the best breakfast sandwich, and when heli skiing might come to Killington. All right, let's get the show started. Checking in with Crystal Clary, communications manager for Killington Pico. Crystal, welcome back to the podcast. Thanks for having me again. This coming weekend, we have the Slash and Burn Bank Slalom. Yeah, so it kicks off on Friday at Dark Side, and then we roll through the weekend um, with the competition on Saturday and Sunday for people 13 and over. And it's a partnership with Burton, um, and proceeds are going to their Chill Foundation. That's an awesome event. I photographed it a few times, and it looks like a ton of fun. It uh, snakes its way down through the stash, correct? Yeah, it's a great time, and it's in the stash. Awesome. And then after that, we have a Red Bull slide-in tour on a Wednesday? Yeah, so the Red Bull, Red Bull slide-in tour um, is going to have athletes from a couple different areas. We have Maggie Leon, uh, Zeb Pow, and Brantley Mullins um, that will be here on Wednesday. That sounds exciting. Um, I've watched both Maggie and Zeb ride, and it's uh, it's just awesome. They What they can do with their snowboard is um, pretty amazing. Um, and then after that, spring pass are on sale currently right now, and they, they get active March 18th? Yeah, so the spring pass went on sale already. Um, they are active March 18th and through the end of the season. So hopefully Memorial Day weekend, uh, if we can make it there or possibly beyond. I had a spring pass last year, and it is, for me personally, is some of the best time to ski. Um, sunny, warm, soft snow, late light in the afternoon. Um, if you're thinking about getting one, just do it. It's worth it. Um, don't think twice. And... When you're done skiing, you can always head down to the Wobbly Barn. Yeah, exactly. Um, and we're usually open until 5 p.m. Once we get later in the season, more daylight, uh, Wobbly Barn, the Umbrella Bar. Um, it's just a good time in the spring. Crystal, thanks for catching us up on everything Killington. And we'll talk in a couple of weeks. All right. Have a good weekend. You as well. All right. Our guest this week on the Killington Download is none other than Corey Tredden, grooming supervisor for Killington and Pico Resort. Corey, thanks for coming on the podcast. Sure, listen, no problem. Glad to be here. Um, you are calling in from the cab of your snowcat right now, correct? Yes, sir. I am uh, on my Bluetooth and uh, I'm driving over to Pico, actually. Oh, that's cool. Um is is snowcat the right term, or are we calling them groomers? Um, a lot of different names, depending on where you are in the country. We call them tractors here in Killington and Vermont. Most most places do. Track. Um, but yeah, they're snowcats, groomers. Um, but yeah, we like to call them tractors. Tractors, it is. All right, grooming now that we're tractor, yeah. grooming tractors, we're caught up on the proper terminology. Tractors from here on out. Um, let, let's talk. Let's get a little background on you. Where did you grow up, and how did you end up at Killington? Uh, yeah, so I grew up in Rutland, 
Um, and always, let's see, always skied. Well, I started skiing at Pico when I was really young. My parents would drop me off there. And, uh, and then once I could make, you know, turns and was a little older, I started coming to Killington and riding parks. Basically, that's that was always my thing, skiing parks. And um, got in good with the park crew here, started working here, and got in Snowcats like 2005, 2004, 2005 season. And uh, that's it, yeah. So... <laughs> Born and raised in Rowland, Vermont, started skiing at Pico, made your way over to Killington. Uh, so are you still a skier? Do you snowboard at all? Um, yes, I was a skier forever. That was what I did. Um, and then now recently, like it wasn't, it wasn't so recent anymore, but when we built the stash, um, uh, the Burton guys gave me a snowboard and... Then I started riding, and I've always had a great relationship with the, the guys at Burton. They're super awesome. They have provided some word for me, you know, a couple of different ones, and it's kept me. Uh, it was like it's like a re, you know, like a renewed love for the sport, I guess. Because kind of skiing, I just sort of hit my my uh, my top, I or tier, I guess. And then snowboarding was like a whole new way of being on the hill, and and so now I do both. And I wish. I wish that I could like switch midway through, like hit a little jump or something. Cause, uh, on my skis, I'm a lot better on my skis, but snowboarding is, is fun and a lot simpler. Um, you know, it's just like a lot easier or one carry one thing and just comfy boots. You can drive and, um, so I, uh, I tend to tend to grab the snowboard more often than, than the skis. But. I, I got my start on snow skiing, but started snowboarding a real long time ago and only snowboarded for years but in the last maybe 10-15 years I, I've owned a pair of skis and I get out a couple times maybe even a few more than a couple times a year and I agree it's it's fun to have the ver- you know to have the choice but I do lean towards snowboarding just for all the reasons you said you have to carry a lot less stuff and the boots are more comfortable yeah the, bo- the boots for sure and I think also um, I'm a lot uh, more careful on my snowboard than I am on my skis. I'm kind of reckless on my skis, so <laughs> I uh, it's like a little self-control thing by by sticking to the snowboard, you know. Um, let's talk about actual grooming. Um, I, I know you're known for your, your park grooming, um, but I, I have a feeling you do just, I guess you would call it regular old grooming as well, correct? Yeah, we call it trail grooming or, or um, yeah, tra- the trails, trail grooming as we call it, or winching is another you know another yep. realm of what we do um what makes what makes the perfectly groomed trail like like so you're heading out tonight you're driving over to pico guessing you'll probably groom 49er let's say um what 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 makes a a perfectly groomed trail what what are you really focused on um to to making a, a really good ski for the the customers in the morning so what what I'm looking for is kind of like a longevity of the trail. So like equal layers of snow from the top to the bottom. And the skiers, depending on the rod, they'll they'll usually move, you know, probably like the top six, four to six inches of snow. When we have powder, I mean, or you know, loose uh, natural snow or snow making, and they'll cut even deeper. They'll go down twelve, eighteen inches sometimes in, in the trenches. 
So basically looking to get um, like an even surface on the top layer. So I shoot for that top like five, six inches or something like that. So after we go through an event like we had last week where we get a little, little rain and then a freeze, um, some of the areas you'll find ice and stuff. We try to scarify that or rip into that with the blade a little bit. Um, just to sort of get the natural, any sort of natural snow, if we get any here, snowmaking, to stick to it and, and that to sort of adhere to those spots. Um, and fill any like oddities that we have in there, um, in the, in the pack and, and then try to like, um, make, get snow on top, you know, just kind of evenly spread it. So a lot of the times throughout the day, like it'll, gravity will do its thing and skiers will do their thing. They'll move it downhill and to the lowest spots of the trail. So we, we will, uh, take the, from the low spots and put it back up on the high spots. So we're usually trying to move it up the hill and, you know, back to where it should be kind of even it across the whole trail. So you're, you're basically fighting gravity, which the skiers and, you know, gravity just pushes the snow downhill. So you're moving the snow yeah. back uphill and making a nice even layer for the skiers to enjoy. That is correct. Yeah. We're always fighting gravity. Gravity's you know, you're either fighting it or using it to your advantage. So, Corey, we, we hear a little background noise. Where are you in your travels heading over to Pico tonight? So, I just popped out um, to the Ram's Head little woods slot we have, and now I'm on the uh, interconnect, what we call it. It's a little trail that connects Pico to Killington. Um, actually, nice, probably like almost 8, 10 inches of snow here from giving it a little till on my way. This is uh, one of the uphill travel routes that connects the two resorts. So that's, grooming it in for them. That's pretty that's good. part of my travel. <laughs> for for uh, our listeners, we're recording this Friday night, um, and I'd say we're hoping to get a, a foot plus out of this storm. And uh, so that leads me to another question I had uh, down the list here. Do you feel guilty grooming in powder snow oh i no not at all no i love that no no oh man <laughs> everybody uh, loves powder i mean you're grooming it I in know, well yeah i mean i do but so i come from the i i do we do leave like when we have storms we we try to narrow trails up we say okay guys like don't go for the edges leave the edges let them let them have their fun but really, for me, it's a preservation thing. So for us, we're, you know, we're trying to save the snow, as much of that natural snow as we can. So what tends to happen with powder is it's really light and fluffy and awesome for skiing. But the wind is also a thing. So when, when Mother Nature kicks up the wind and stuff, we end up really losing that natural snow. So if we go out and groom it and pack it down, you know, we take like, uh, say, eight, 10 inches of natural snow and we compact it or groom it down to like four inches or so, then for the next couple weeks or until we have a weather event, then we have like a really nice riding surface and, and natural snow is recoverable. It's different than man-made snow and natural snow has like a really kind of like a crazy crystal. Like it's all different and everything. And, and when it falls out of the sky, it's, um, it's got, it's just, uh, it's so hard to explain, but it's, yep. it's like the, the way the crystal is shaped, it's got a lot of hair in it. Mm -hmm. So 
um, you can work it a lot of times before you beat all the air out of it and make it kind of just like this dense hard pack or, or hard snowmaking snow. Or snowmaking snow is like a lot more uh, icy shape, sort of. It's like a small little ball of ice as opposed to like a crystal. I mean, it still is a crystal, but it's it's just different. So it, it makes it way more rugged and dense um, and lasts a lot longer. But as far as recovery, it doesn't last quite as long as natural snow. Natural snow is like the best thing you could have. I mean, if you can build, if I could have ton like feet, feet, feet of natural snow, yeah. um, you know, for to build a half pipe or something that is just amazing. I mean, that the, the that snow lasts so long. It's so workable for for way longer. So as far as like mopping in the the snow mate or the fresh snow, you know, we get it down, we pack it down on the trail, and then we can keep blading it, working it, and tilling it for for a lot longer than we can. And just keeping the surface a lot better. I under understood. You're not doing it to upset the powder skiers. You're doing it no, to, to 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 make a super enjoyable surface for skiers weeks down the road. That is our goal. Yeah, that is that is our goal. And the grooming department is 100 percent is to keep that the best condition that we can for the longest amount of time that we can. To, to be quite honest with you, Corey, I. Personally, I don't know how I feel about that. I mean, it, it's it's the best of both worlds. I, because I want to ski powder. I, I want to ride in the powder. But then, if I come back the next day and it's a little icy, you'll probably hear me complain. And 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 the, I don't know. Double edged sword. We'll we'll te- we'll sit down and have a beer someday, and we'll figure we'll figure out a we'll figure yeah, out something can, there. We can. I don't think. I mean, uh, you're gonna have. I mean, you're gonna have a hard time selling me on that. <laughs> okay. They're, okay. They're, understood. Understood. <laughs> no. Uh, but uh, we leave it. We leave it on the side. We leave it, some of the. A lot of the steeps will skip. You know, vagabond North Star. Those. Those ones. That you'll, there'll be. There'll be plenty of powder to be had out there. If understood. You go to yeah, you well, can really find the secrets over there. That's the. That's the secret. There, there's the inside scoop, ladies and gentlemen. Pico. A powder secret stash area. You heard it from the guy behind the sticks, Corey. Corey Treden. Um, speaking of sticks, take me behind, like what you're looking at right now as you're you're making your way over to Pico. Like I, I've I've had the luxury of been in I've been in a few groomers, few tractors. Let me get the terminology correct. And there's a lot going on. There's there's two joysticks, so to speak, and and it, I I believe you got some foot pedals going. You got you got knobs up top for lights and all types of stuff what are you looking at right now yeah i kind of feel like a fighter pilot personally you know when i'm driving like uh, buttons clicking got joystick on my right hand where i have um everything from the front of the machine to the back machine so i have all the blade controls um the tiller controls the throttle for the engine tiller speed up and down pressure on the tiller um, my left hand is just the steering and then the speed of the track. So that's left, right, forward, reverse on two different sticks. Um, and then let's see, my foot, my feet are pretty, I got a wiver button on my floor, kind of like an old car used to have. Um, okay. and I got a accelerator pedal, although these stick machines, we don't really tend to use the accelerate pedal. Um, very often, you know, that's sort of more for a different style of drive. There's a, a cat that has a wheel, a yoke cat, which we don't use any of those here, but that's kind of a European thing. So the, the accelerator pedal is there. But. 
So, so you, you got one hand controlling the, the front of the machine, another hand controlling the back of the machine, a third hand Same. controlling the speed, a fourth hand controlling <laughs> yes. the left and right. Correct. Yeah, it's all it's all in the hands. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow, that's uh, it's pretty impressive. I, I've seen it in person, and I have to admit, it is very impressive. Um, especially, you know, I think a lot of people don't realize, you know, they are on tracks and they work independently of each other. So that can that that machine that you're in right now can spin 360 on a dime. It can. Yep. Yeah. It can. We we don't it, we. It's pretty hard on the track, so we tend to like. Well, we do uh, a lot of three point turning and stuff like that. Sort of extend the life of the tracks but yeah i mean if you're in a jam or a tight trail you can wiggle yourself around you know kind of looks like that um uh yeah the austin powers turn <laughs> yeah. but you know on the tracks you, you can spin right around easy easy there oh that's so. funny so you've been grooming for a long time talk to me about like scary moments or or things that might go wrong these these machines are highly complex a lot of hydraulics a lot of moving parts um you know, what what could go wrong or, or what has gone wrong? Mm, well, I've seen quite a few different scenarios. Um, you know, everything from hydraulic hoses, rupturing, or, uh, you know, blowing hose. That's that's probably one of the more common ones. Um, or the winch cables, you know, sometimes, like, you can snap a winch cable. Um, eventually, like, the, the cables will rub over the breakovers and certain spots for hours and hours and hours and eventually they they get weak and they will snap there and kind of that'll wake you up um when I can that imagine. happens <laughs> the, 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 i mean that's some serious serious metal cable like i mean the, the, does the thing like start sliding or mm, depend yeah yeah like if, if you're pull if you've got a, a pretty good pull going on or if you're in some some wet snow making or some natural snow um you could you could definitely go for a ride downhill pretty pretty quick accelerated speed let's leave that there let's let's move on to something else um you're 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 the main guy that that grooms the parks correct uh one of them yep yeah so i supervise uh used to be you know just supervising terrain park grooming there's actually like six of us that do well almost eight of us that can do terrain parts no kidding. Uh, from tbl to you know all the parks the pat ramshead and start park and peace park super uh, the half pipes and no kidding so talk to me talk to me about grooming or or shaping um, some of the parks at Killington, you know, like, like you mentioned, we have Peace Park. We had Danny Davis on last week, um, and Dreammaker Park is coming online today, tomorrow, the next day, some, some sometime real soon. Um, what's it like? Like, what goes into building a monster kicker or or a, a rail line? What what, what 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 are you thinking about while you're doing that? So when we get down into building terrain parks, it's um basically. You get, you get an idea of what you want to do or how, you know, a list of features, what, what, the, what the park crew guys want, what some of the guests or, you know, the riders have suggested you do. The input from whether it's the Woodward or, or Danny's, you know, Peace Park, like the ideas of, you know, what the, what the zones, what the feel should be. Um, and then we take into account, like, how much snowmaking or snow we have in different areas and what features are possible. 
and then spacing, you know, how it's going to flow. Um, and then when you get down into building them, you got compaction to work, to think about. So like making sure that the piles are going to be compacted, you know, equally from the top to the bottom. Um, snow is, you know, gravity is always going to fight you. So how, how you stack the piles, whether you stack them from the bottom or from the side to make the piles tall without like losing tons of snow off the side. Um, you just got all those factors and then, uh, ultimately you just want to, in the end, you really just want to have like something that's fun and flowy, um, that people can enjoy and also will last quite a while. You know, so that's like whether or not you're stacking your snow in the center and trying to like keep it, keep it to a area, you know, in the trail so that you can reuse it if that feature needs to be redone or reshaped. Do you ever go visit the parks like after you're done and like watch people hit them or maybe even hit them yourself and like, wow, this, th- I really did a fantastic job on that or, or someone did a fantastic jump on that or like, wow, the transition on that landing was perfect. Like, and, and do you take, do you take joy watching people like hit these things and like really enjoy their time in the park? Yeah. That's probably one of the, the things that I do enjoy the most. Like it used to be riding every day, you know, group of friends or local riders and kind of watching, um, watching them ride, getting their input, you know, for a lot of years, like I didn't really know what I was doing. So I was like, make kind of like sketchy stuff or, or stuff that just didn't work. Right. And sure. You know, I've learned like how to, how to make stuff better now but now like with instagram or you know Facebook, whatever the, the socials um you, i can kind of just sit home and watch it all too and <laughs> i love watching like the kids videos of everything they do um, um let's let's sort of yeah. shift gears and uh we're, we're actually where are we now uh, along the the ride to pico have we made it to pico yet we are yeah we're dropping down easy street steep on 49er um couple skinners going by me headed up one headed down one headed up nice nice so must be a beautiful waving. night they're kind of i'm getting the look because i'm crushing their power <laughs> <with that skinner. laughs> see see there you go oh you're breaking hearts left and right middle of the night and you're breaking yeah. hearts um let, one let, pass at a time yeah 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 sometimes sometimes hey, tell you what though come march they'll they'll be thanking me in march <laughs> it will be one pass it, across it, easy street it, still here if you've ever if you've ever skied right behind a groomer like i mean literally fresh cord right behind a groomer it can be as soft and rewardable as powder almost it's pretty close i i've definitely had the uh through the years had the luxury of of riding you know pretty close but we we say give us a hundred give us a little buffer the skinning the skinning guys can be a little nerve-wracking for sure i can imagine make sure it's on yeah give us a little bit of space because it's you know these are big things there's a lot of blind spots and we try to be as careful as we can but sure um, sure well that's why we have dedicated uphill routes so that you know where people are at all times or or at least know when to expect them so hopefully people hopefully people adhere to where this the uphill route is and stick to it uh for everybody's safety including Corey's. um shifting gears uh sunrises and sunsets i have to imagine that you've seen more than your fair share how special of a part of the job is that so that's always one of the coolest uh things you know like the sunrises are are pretty spectacular especially in the uh, and sunsets are too but just something about a winter sunrise 
the sun and, and the angle and the rips through the trees like there's just a totally different different uh different than summer sunrise you know but, but yeah man it, it's it, it really is super rewarding i mean we always like we're always joking like amongst each other like man what a beautiful sunrise picture but who parked the snowcat in the in, the, in, my, <laughs> in the picture of the sunrise <laughs> that's, that's like all of our social media is basically pictures of snowcats snow. and sunrises or sunsets so. that's funny how about how about wild animals have we i mean you must see your fair share of like What's the most random wild animal you've seen, and, and some some you see on a regular basis? So be be honest with you, the wildlife is not as like we're pretty big and loud and and let up. So I think they kind of scatter before we see them. But gotcha. I've seen you know a deer here, a deer there. Those kind of guys are more in the fall. You see them like early season. You see them kind of moving about. Um, rabbits is really common and actually fox red foxes are are curious but mike pointed out something the other day we were putting your we building dream maker and there's this squirrel that these squirrels kept coming out and they're like super interested in cat for some reason huh. like mike had a squirrel on his blade he stopped squirrel ran out on the trail he stopped run up jumped up on his blade looked <laughs> at him and long enough where he was able to like get a picture of it no kidding and then it scattered but no moose, no porcupine, bear. Porcupines, porcupines. I've never seen a bear. Oh well, there was a bear across my winch cable at World Cup, and I was kind of, was kind of sketchy. Like, oh, I, I bet I almost killed a bear with a winch cable. Could you, um, <laughs> bad luck for the bear. Know, bad luck for everybody. But, yes. Uh, the foxes. When we did, when we built the uh, Snowden tunnels, we had. It was fall. We threw, you know, so much grass seed out there, and there was a massive turkey pot. Oh, like wow, more yeah. turkeys than I've ever seen in my life. And that winter, I have never seen so many foxes on, on uh, Snowden, and I think they were just having a feast. I think they were turkey dinner every night because there was more foxes that year than any that I've ever seen. <laughs> um, I've seen an ermine. Those, those things are pretty rad. I had a mouse. A mouse, a fresh snow. I had a mouse like ride my blade curl. No kidding. Which is a snow, and you're just skimming it, skimming the top, and they're just cruising right underneath the snow. And the thing came up, and then it kind of ran the top of the blade curl. Like I thought he was surfing for a minute. <laughs> That's wild. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that was probably the coolest one. Was that mouse in the heat? You don't, you don't see that work in a desk job in New York City. No, no, not quite the same. No, no, not at all. Um, so. Like I've mentioned, I've had the luxury of taking a few uh, tractor rides. Um, and one thing that strikes me is that the sound systems in these things are super minty. So the question is, what what do you have going through the sound system on a regular night? Mm, boy, I am all over the place. So I, ha- I have an Apple Music subscription, a SiriusXM subscription, a Spotify. I, I cheat on Spotify. I don't pay for Spotify, but no. I do have that. We won't tell um, anybody. And I just, yeah, nobody knows. Well, it's it's free. I just listen to ads. Of course. But uh, there's an NPR or something. I'll listen to that sometimes if I get super bored of the tunes. But um, I am everywhere, man. I, uh, I listen to everything. Some embarrassing stuff. Uh, you know, like, it just, I, there's really not a genre that I don't listen to. It's, uh, it'd be really hard for me to pick one and say, yeah, this is my go-to, but, uh, no, yeah, I mean, the, these, these cats are super minty. There's a subwoofer in them and 
sound is just uh, pretty awesome. So. <laughs> so you're a lover of all music. I highly recommend some early Madonna from time to time. Just to, you know, maybe maybe you're getting a little sleepy or something. It's a little foggy. Just a little early Madonna. That, that'll take you places. Um, what, one last question. Uh, maybe you've heard me ask this before. I ask everybody. You're getting on your favorite quad chairlift, and you can ride that chair with three other people. It uh, doesn't matter if they ski or ride, live or dead, anybody imaginary. Who, who are you taking that lift ride with? Uh well, I saw I, recently. I've been watching these videos. I get sucked in those U holes, but there's those those uh, ski patrol dogs that hop on the chair. Yeah, I'm, like super impressed with that. So if I could train my little Eva dog to do that, I'd take her because she'd be like super rad. Nice. Um, she's only like 38 pounds, just a little baby. But I get her to scoop up on there, and then the other two seats. I probably I don't know. I had a couple of friends in Utah that I'd probably like to ride with Jeffy Boy and uh, Willie. I haven't seen them in a couple, couple like a year, so it'd be kind of rad to jump on with them, catch sure. up, see how the grooming is in Utah. But mostly, mostly just have my little girl on my, on my side, and and Willie, she really loves Willie and Jack. So you know what I fun, fun I understand wholeheartedly. Uh, my wife and I just got a puppy a little while ago, and uh, he's currently out playing in the snow, and my wife is texting me currently because. He desperately needs to come in. Um, he's frozen solid. He is now. Uh, <laughs> he is. He, he is a, literally a, a, a snowball. Correct. Um, and it'll take me twenty minutes <laughs> to thaw him out. But um, Corey Treden, we learned a lot about grooming. We learned about the fight against gravity, the difference between man-made snow and natural snow. Uh, we learned how you hate powder snow so much that you groom it in. I mean, I still don't. I'm still not sure about that, um, but but we'll figure that out at a later date. I'm joking, of course. I'm joking. Uh, we learned the, the the challenges of park rooming and and how much fun it is, um, and how the sunrises are just a little bit better than sunsets. Corey, thank you for taking the time uh, while you're working to come on the Killington Download, and uh, when we ski the perfect groomer or ride the perfect groomer, we'll think of you. Thanks for coming on the podcast, Sherman. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. We'll see you on the hill soon. Thanks. As always, from the corner office, we have Mike Salamano joining the podcast. Mike, welcome back. Glad to be here. Mike, on the last podcast, we answered a bunch of the listeners' questions, um, and we had a bunch left over. What do you say we uh, answer a bunch more? Of course. Can't wait. All right. All right. There were a lot of questions about stairs at Killington. People seem to be fascinated by stairs at Killington. Um, some people were wondering why uh, at the top and the bottom of the K-1 gondola there are stairs. Um, some people want stairs from the cart barn or from the, uh, excuse me, the gondola car uh, shack to the Snowden Triple. Lots lots of questions about stairs. Maybe address the one about the K-1 gondola. Yeah, I mean, I know that one, like, especially at the top, people wonder, like, you get off and you go downstairs, and if there's a ton of snow, sometimes you end up having to come back up a little bit. I think that's one of the challenges. The problem with a lot of things around here is what works in one season doesn't work great in the next season, right? So what works when there's not a ton of snow doesn't always work great when there is a lot of snow. So we've been kind of working on this. I mean, the other areas where we've seen this is at the peak, you know, the stairs down to the peak, when we get into full winter, we end up with so much snow 
that you end up having to climb down to the stairs. So we added an extension to that stair. Now in the summer, when you go up there, it seems really strange because you walk up and then go down a little bit on this stair extension, a little hard to explain on the radio, but um, you know, I think, but now in midwinter, I go up there and those stairs work perfect because now we've added this extension stair. So I think the short answer is, you know, the team's continuing to look to try to make things better. There are some areas where like once in a while you go, well, I don't know why that's like that. Right. And if, especially get a huge snowstorm that messes up all sorts of areas, right. Where how close can the groomers get? People are sinking into the snow and then walking up towards stairs. And yep. there's just a lot of a lot of areas where snow meets some other surface, which a lot of times is stairs that are very hard to manage. And, we're, you know, I think the team does a pretty good job with that and continue to look about that. And we've added a lot of stairs, right? We've put stairs in all the K1 parking lot bays in the middle to make it easier for people to access and get up, get up as opposed to having to walk all the way to the end. And so I think, you know, it's, it's a constant battle trying to continue to improve it. But um, some of those are fair comments. I think the next set of questions can be, I, we've touched on a lot of more operational uh, employee based um, the tubing and roller coaster tubing and beast coaster uh, any plans on getting those back up and running this winter or maybe next yeah I mean definitely not for this winter I mean obviously we had some staff we knew we had some staffing challenges going into the winter and I think we've all ultimately done really well with those but um, you know we had to pick and choose between some things and this of all the years to not do the tubing park was the best decision we could have made because we struggled snowmaking for weather and so many other things. You know, we've talked in previous calls, you know, that yep. between curtailments and power and the, you know, increase in rates because the fuel costs, everything's just crazy in snowmaking. So tubing would have been really challenging from a whole bunch of fronts. So we decided to make that call early and it was definitely the right answer. You know, on the Beast Coaster, that was, again, we're just not getting enough usage in the winter. So we're looking at businesses that aren't getting a ton of usage in the winter and going, we just can't run that. We, we've got to consolidate our resources. And, and I think on balance, we've chosen, I think, made the right choices, right? I think the skiing and riding and all, all the outside has been great. I think, you know, we've been... As we've talked, we've been ahead of the pack in, in terms of trails and acres and everything pretty much all year. I know everyone always wants more, and but anyway, I think overall, um, but the short answer is that'll come back next year. Good news for the answer. Yeah, no, 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 no. Good news for the tube, t- tubing people and the and the beast coaster lovers. Uh, actually, in the same vein, let's talk uh, motor room and yurt. Uh, I'm guessing the same same answer. Not this year, but probably next year. Yeah, I mean, at this point in time, I mean, we're not going to open any new, I don't think any new food outlets, uh, but, um, you know, the motor room takes 10 people, right? And it takes probably, takes 10 guests up and it probably takes five staff to figure it out. So, you know, you could imagine there's no math that can make that thing even reasonably profitable. Yep. Right. So yep. it's a cool experience, but in a year like this where we need every person we can, it was hard to allocate too many people to that. But, you know, I think even more immediate is, you know, the, a lot of people like the yurt, especially the lunchtime yurt. And, and we want to have a lot of different offerings for people. So, um, you know, definitely we're planning to bring all that back. Let's have a tap yourself on the back moment. I'm going to read a comment. Um, it's actually a feedback. Um, compliments. For the Killington team, I've been to 15 different ski resorts this winter, and Killington has the best snowmaking, grooming, and food quality and service by far. I've been to many Altera, Vail, Boyne, Mountains, and, and the Killington team is by far the leaders in the industry. How does that make you feel? 
Well, obviously it makes us feel great. Right. I mean, I think we have a, an amazing team and, um, you know, so we think we're doing pretty well. It's always nice to hear that type of feedback. We hear it a lot. I mean, the nice thing is, you know, I think as, as you know, I always ask for feedback and we're getting it here and I get a lot of feedback directly. And, and honestly, most of almost all of it's really positive. Most people are just very happy with what we're doing. And, you know, they always throw in one or two small things we can do to do to get better. And, and I think, you know, we take those to heart because I think we can get better all the time. And um, so I think, you know, I think it's a, a, the goal is constant improvement and making sure we continue to make the resort better. And, and so it's, yeah, is it nice? You know, we don't want to put anyone else down, but we want to be kind of the best version of ourselves. And, and it's nice to have your guests say things like that. I mean, the other thing that's interesting is when you throw out a question like that on social media, you're sort of opening yourself up to get crushed as you see on many other resorts websites. So, you know, to me, I took it as a, as a real positive that we asked for feedback and we didn't really, we didn't get really almost anybody complaining about anything we were doing. Right. I mean, everyone wants new lifts and those types of things, but it was generally pretty positive and, and that's pretty awesome. Especially when I, surf around some other um, resorts around the country and some of the real negativity that's out there, which is unfortunate because I think they're all trying hard too. So, uh, you know, it's tough. I think everyone's coming out of COVID and, and there's just a lot of, you know, angst out there and social media is tough. So when you put out general comments on social media, you can really get beat up. So anyway, it was great to see. Let's switch gears completely. We're going to a food question. Uh, this question is, uh, th this parent, their three-year-old had declared that the Ramshead Lodge serves the best sausage, egg, and cheese breakfast sandwich in the business. Mike Salamano, do you know the secret to the breakfast sandwiches at Ramshead? I have no idea, but I'm, I'm assuming it's extra cheese and a little more grease would probably be good for a three-year-old. <laughs> that sounds delicious. Next time I'm up, I'm checking it out. Um, here's another random question. Are there plans for daily operations through May or, or when is there a closing date set yet? Um, is there any, any info on that? You know, we kind of take it by year. I think we wait and see what kind what we have for snow, but typically we're usually running daily through, through the end of April into early May. And then from then it's weekends or Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And, um, you know, we're spending a lot of time talking about snowmaking. You know, we made a pretty big push on superstar a couple of weeks ago you know, we had a five or six day push where we made a lot of snow. So, you know, we're trying to make it um, as long as we can, like usual. We're going to make a little extra snow down to Ramshead. We're going to keep that lodge going a little longer than normal once we knock down K1. And, you know, really trying to think about making sure, you know, as we're trying to build out K1, we still have some spring skiing and, and continue to have a really long season for everybody. A lot of questions uh, came in about trails. Uh, one specific spot is Middle Chute. It's still, you know, there's a tunnel there now, but there's there's still like a mixing bowl. Um, any ideas to address that? You know, we've spent a lot of time, obviously, put a lot of, you know, put the tunnels in. And I think we've made a lot of improvements on that. But like anything, there's still some intersections. You know, I mean, I think I'm not sure we're ever going to solve every intersection at Killington. We definitely solved the biggest challenge. I'd say the, 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 the most difficult ones I think we fixed and the next on the list, I think we have to keep looking at what we can do, but I understand some people want to go straight down shoot. You know, I understand all the different things. Some people are wanting tunnels in other areas, you know, just to give you context, one of those tunnels costs, you know, a million dollars. 
So, wow. you know, we have to pick and choose when we put those in. So, you know, it's the same thing I said about everything else with capital. It's not unlimited. It's just like anybody in their own life, right? You get, you only have so much money, you got to allocate it the best you can. And, and I think the struggle we always have is we're spending so much money that people don't see. I mean, I'm looking at the capitalist literally right now and I, you know, we could spend our whole capital on snowmaking pipe that's underground and no one would ever see it. Yep. Right. People probably saw wildfire. We had a huge blowout, you know, early season. We're digging that up. I think tonight trying to replace some, but you know, we have a major pipeline there, you know, that could be a million dollars just to replace the pipeline there just sure. on that one trail. So, you know, there's a lot of capital needs and uh, we're always trying to figure out how best to spend the money. A lot of questions come in about, you know, getting from one side of the mountain to the other, uh, you know, a lot of traverses. Any update on the, in front of the new K1 Lodge, kind of being able to get all the way across the mountain without having to pull? Yeah, I know that one always is a struggle for people to try to go around that lodge. You know, one of the reasons why we're pulling that lodge down into the parking lot, you know, so when we knock the, the second phase, when we knock the old building down and build the next phase, that will be um, it won't be up on snow as far. So it'll make it, we, you know, we're going to be able to grade that. So hopefully coming from the superstar side, you'll be able to come around way more efficiently that way and come downhill and hopefully not have to push yourself as much. That'll, that'll solve the need hopefully for the walking escalator that the other person was looking for. We had another question about the Bear Mountain Lodge. Any updates on maybe uh, upgrading that? Yeah. I mean, a couple of years ago, we announced that we had a plan to kind of re re I was calling it reinvigorate bear. And, and, you know, we, and with part of that condo complex over there, uh, you know, there's a third party doing that, but you know, we own the land and, and some of the money we were getting out of that, we had earmarked for uh, remodeling bear lodge, putting uh, some tunnels over in that area, as well as uh, bringing back Southridge to try to open up the whole bear bear area. And, you know, that, that project, the condo project got a little stalled and then we started working on with powder, some kind of a whole revitalization. And so we did parts of that, as everybody knows, we put Southridge in and did the tunnel, you know, on Skyburst and some of that. So we did that and we so, sort of separated that from, the, from the bear project. It's a long answer, but the, the short version is the, the positive is once that, that project, uh, the condo project at bear builds out, uh, we're going to be earmarking the money that we receive for that to to build a new lodge. So I think in the long term, it'll be better because instead of taking a, a smaller amount of money and trying to remodel an old crappy lodge, you know, now we can, it's going to take a little longer to do it, but we can knock the building down and build kind of a new modern type lodge that we really need there. So I think it's one of those, I think in the long run in five, 10 years, everyone will, I think, be happier with this solution. A quick question about transportation. Someone was wondering when the monorail connection from the Rutland Amtrak station to Killington is opening. I have no idea, but that's awesome. If they can find some money to build that thing, that would be great. I would, I would love that. Another random oddball question. When is the helipad for the heli skiing going to be installed at the peak? Uh, 2025. 2025. We can look forward to heli skiing at Killington. That's good to know. Um, Mike. I think we've answered all the questions now. Um, I'm sure there'll be more filtering in, so we'll continue to answer these as best we can uh, moving forward. Mike, thank you for joining us on episode 10 of the podcast. It was fun. It was fun. I really enjoy, you know, getting to answer all those questions, especially even the, 
the ones that I'm not sure if are serious or not. <laughs> well, we, we answer every question, or we would at least try to answer every question, no matter how odd or silly or serious they are. Uh, Mike, thanks again for coming on. It's great to be here. Thanks. That does it for episode 10 of the Killington Download. We hope you enjoyed our conversation with Corey Trenton. If you have, do us a favor and hit that subscribe button. Leave a comment below, and even better, write us a review. As always, you can get all the latest happenings at The Beast through the Killington app for your phone. If you haven't downloaded it already, make sure you do. Also, make sure to follow Killington on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for all the fresh content. I have links to all that and the app in the show notes below. I'm Justin Cash. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you at The Beast.